Hey, everyone. Welcome to Changemakers, a podcast about becoming an irresistible community. I'm Kelly Lippenholtz, and my ministry partner, Susan Aldridge, and I are exploring how you can change the culture in whatever community you are a part of to one of love. If you're a small group leader, a ministry team leader, a church leader in any way, this podcast is for you. It will make your group, team, church, even your family a more loving community. Hi, Susan. Hello, Kelly and beautiful people listening. So since we're talking about irresistible community, what is irresistible to you this week? This week, it would be purging. Oh, are you doing a little clean out? This little Marie Kondo? This time of year, you know, the the clothing mm, switch mm-hmm. over, you got the fall <laughs> season coming in. Yep. And not only purging my own closet, but just purging again in general. Like I'm kind of purging some habits that aren't serving me from the summer. I get a little bit less disciplined around certain things that I do on a daily basis in my house or just in general. Um, reaching out to friends and stuff. I just have a different rhythm and schedule. So now transitioning into the fall schedule, um, trying to purge some of that. So what about you? Uh, I am finding my son irresistible. Which one? You have two. I do have two sons and my younger son who is 18 is looking at colleges. And so this fall, Um, As many families are, we're doing some college visits. So I get to travel with him and be in the car with him. And it's just it's just really, really fun. He's a really fun guy and he values humor like I do. And so a lot of it is just spent laughing. And then a lot of it is spent listening to music in the car. It's just really fun. I mean, he is just he is an irresistible personality right now. Love it. Well, that brings me hope because I have some other friends with juniors in high school that are doing visits and there's so much stress around it or something. I don't know. Conflict and stress around the college yeah, thing. Um, there doesn't have to be, friends. That's Amen. what I would like to say. There doesn't have to be. I refuse to allow it to be stressful. Like it's just a fantastic time of life for your child. Like it doesn't have to be stressful. Mm. They're going to go to college. They're going to go somewhere. They're going to get a job. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm off my high horse. Okay. So we've been talking about irresistible community here. And so Susan, real quick, review the six marks of an irresistible community with healthy, emotional, and spiritual practices. One, slowed down spirituality. Two, integrity and leadership. Three, beneath the surface discipleship. Four, a healthy community. Five, passionate marriages and singleness. And six, everyone in full-time ministry. Fantastic. Okay, so last week we talked a little bit about beneath the surface discipleship, but I have to say we really only scratched the surface with that topic. Um, so if you want to go deeper into that, we, Susan and I would be happy to guide you to some of those resources. Peter Scazzaro, again, this is our reaction to his work in what's called emotionally healthy discipleship. And you can find um, ways to go further beneath the surface or in deeper into any of these topics on his website at emotionallyhealthy.org. And so this week, as Susan said, we're talking about a healthy community, one in which where loving God begins with loving others. Even that is profound. As Christians, we often find ourselves able to love God well, or at least we say we love God, but then we're not really kind to other people. And that doesn't make sense. We cannot as Christians, compartmentalize loving God with loving others. 
but it's probably the reason why so many Christians aren't the nicest people. It's why people are like giving you the finger when they leave the church parking lot after mass where they just came from mass, but they're angry about the parking. This is what the religious leaders in Jesus's day did, right? Oh, well, again, it's the rules are what we Mm. value, not the love part, the people part. Mm. And when I think when rules and legalism trumps love, you got a little imbalance and that's not healthy. We think balance, healthy community. That's what we're seeking um, just to be like Jesus did. So, yes. So there, there's a disconnect for some of us between those who claim to love Jesus and then how they're experienced by others. And I, get, I said um, in our last podcast that defensiveness is one of my modes of self-protection. And so that's a big disconnect for me. I claim to love Jesus, but I am reacting in a negative way when people hold me to account or um, just talk to me about something that I did wrong, a mistake I yeah, made. I, yeah, I, we, I, we guard our hearts. Yeah. We self-protect in those moments. And Absolutely. Yeah, Jesus did that. He called out people. He's like, you're going to deny me. Mm. You're going to betray me. And if they had no emotional health, they would have freaked out. They did, actually, in fact, if you read a little more about yeah. it. <laughs> they did kind of freak Peter out. Peter was, I love his story. But, <laughs> um, but again, that's why it is vital to look at and to grow in emotional health and spiritual health, both equally important. All right. So let's go through a couple of things. And Susan, we can just go back and forth on these. There's six or seven things here that are um, evidence of an unhealthy community. So an unhealthy community is one where you might see some gossip, disrespect among leaders, lying, blaming, shaming, we also might see um, a cancel culture. What is cancel culture? It's like, like yeah, you just immediately have no forgiveness. No, yeah. You don't seek to understand mm-hmm. them. You just, you're done. You're just canceled. <laughs> just write, write them off. off. Yeah. And it's, again, it's hardening your heart. I don't, I don't think Jesus ever did that. He still Never. loved everyone, you know, turning the cheek, that whole mm-hmm. concept of, um, yeah, not again, not just taking on poor behavior and accepting poor behavior, having, you know, a voice in that behavior, I guess. Um, And the one of the other things that um, would be unhealthy is where we might practice um, the presence of God. Um, That would be a healthy practice. It would be. Then we don't practice the presence of people. So we're basically uh, yeah. me and God, we're good. And yep. then when yep. the humans start coming around, my spiritual bucket looks empty. So again, <laughs> it's like you yeah. have to have both loving God and um, having a relationship with Jesus, a personal relationship with Jesus, and then be able to love others like he did. Yeah, I will say if you do have, if you practice the presence of God in silence, you will get better at loving others. But I love how Peter Scazzaro here says, practice the presence of people. That's so good. We're practicing the presence of God, but we need to practice the presence of people. Another mark for an unhealthy community would be um, that the words we use to describe our, our um, words, words that we would use to describe our default mode when it comes to conflict. So again, this is something that we've talked about, being defensive, all those things again. So I'm kind of just feeling like we're repeating ourselves a little bit here. But what, um, Susan, what, what's an unhealthy community that you've been a part of? 
can you think of, I mean, I don't, family? <laughs> I was going to say family. <laughs> family. But again, it's okay. It's we're okay. all broken. Okay. That's why we need Jesus. That's yeah. why we're, that's why I'm following Jesus is because of um, him redeeming me from my human fleshy yeah. fallen yeah. self and restoring me to a new life. And in and, and Romans 12, you can read all about um, like just what it looks like to be, have renewal of the mind and to be transformed. And so giving yourself as a whole sacrifice is one way that we can um, restore our families. Because if we change our unhealthy community, our family community, our workplace community, our social community can be transformed as well. But I, if I had to pinpoint one community, um, I would say that the culture um, that I had with some friends very early in my professional career, it was that striving culture. So mm -hmm. again, if you're in sales, like a cutthroat kind of yeah, dog climbing the dog, ladder, but mm -hmm. also just the way people interacted, it was you're valuable only if you're successful, only mm -hmm. if otherwise don't even talk because you're not successful. Oof. That kind of like... Yeah. Um, pattern of behavior. And again, that's how it is in a sales world, in the recruiting space, in staffing. If you're in that world, mm -hmm. my prayers go out to you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you can be a change maker yeah, in that community. You can. That's and what we want. That's where we're headed. All right. So those, those are some of the kind of um, marks of an unhealthy community. Let's talk about the marks of a healthy community. And Ironically, there are six, just like there are six marks of the healthy church community. But in a in a in a healthy community, um, there are six things. I'm going to list them, and then we'll talk about each just real briefly. Um, we've talked about some already, so these will sound familiar. But this first one we haven't talked about yet: incarnational listening. A healthy community listens incarnationally to one another. We'll explain that in a moment. A healthy community clarifies expectations. A healthy community speaks clearly and respectfully. A healthy community knows how to have difficult conversations, conflicts. They know how to fight cleanly. A healthy community takes responsibility for mistakes. And a healthy community has tolerance and acceptance of different viewpoints and perspectives. So, Susan, can you explain incarnational listening to us? Kelly, what I hear you asking me is, <laughs> can I explain incarnational listening? Is that is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And you just did incarnational listening really well. And corny. <laughs> corny. Corny. Maybe that'll stick with some of our listeners. Um, but again... But that's it. Like what social workers and therapists do, right? Reflect back. Listen. Actually listen. Mm -hmm. Because I can hear things, but I might not be listening. I might be ready to make my next statement or yeah. my next argument or my next yes what i know and again sometimes mm -hmm. it, have you there's a book called uh, i said this you, you heard, heard that, that. Mm -hmm. Ooh, andy stanley down there at north point so church shout out that once you accept that, that I said it perfectly, you just didn't hear it perfectly. Once you right. get rid of that attitude, yeah. then you can listen incarnationally because yep. you are, again, creating a culture of listening, but then reflecting and responding to make sure there's communication happening, not just right. listening. So many times we're listening to respond instead of listening to understand. And so um, that's all, That's it's pretty simple. That's that's what incarnational listening is, to 
Um, and it's really hard to do. And it does take practice. So um, it also takes that heart muscle of empathy and caring yeah. what you are right. saying. I have to care about your perspective and yeah. your experience and your unique culture or values or differences right. in order to hear you. Because otherwise, I'm just putting this mm. shade and this lens between us of what right. I think. Yeah. And, and so, you know, as a small group humble. leader, you can get caught up in listening to respond because you feel like that's your job. Um, so I would just encourage all the small group leaders out there to be okay with, you know, a pause and some silence as you're just listening. And then don't be afraid to repeat back what, what somebody is saying so that they really feel heard. Um, we've talked, I'm going to move on to number two, um, Mark of a healthy community is, is to clarify expectations. And we went into great detail in our first series on that. So we won't say much about that here. But the three main things of clearing, clarifying expectations are to clarify them in your mind. What are my expectations for my kids, my husband, my small group? And then communicate those expectations. Hey, these are my expectations. And then the third step is to confirm. Do you agree to those expectations? Yes or no. And then you keep the conversation going or you've confirmed. Um, so that's simple, but difficult. What's number three, Susan? Well, I think, again, um, I heard it once said, it, number three is speaks clearly and respectfully. So you just assume everyone's going to speak clearly and respectfully yeah. until... Until they don't. Until they don't. And um, I heard a little riddle that helped this stick with me. It's say what you mean and mean what you say, but don't say it mean. Oh. So again, I like that. When I have a disagreement, if I see something differently, how can I have a tone and a heart that is respectfully communicating and clearly mm. communicating honestly? I think clearly is like an honest communication yeah. approach, um, not just speaking clearly. Um, and then again, I can be angry with you, but I don't have to wound you. So, yeah. you know, the the wound part yep. of anger is, um, I think, how you remain in that healthy boundary. And then number four is how to fight cleanly, I think you said, and yep. then have difficult conversations. So there's all kinds of stuff we could go into there, but we're not going to today. But there's lots of resources for fighting cleanly and having difficult conversations. We can go deeper there with you. Um, and again, Peter Scazzaro has lots of resources on his website for that. Um, number five for healthy community is taking responsibility for mistakes. So it's just basically not blaming others. And I've, I've learned to do this. It's really hard, but um, it's a great thing for leaders to do it. Just say, like, I'll take responsibility for that. That's my fault. That's on me. Um, as long as you mean it, um, you can, I've heard people say it and not really mean it and then not change what they're doing, but, um, taking responsibility for mistakes. And then finally, an acceptance of different viewpoints and perspectives. That's certainly one in this day and age we could all adopt. Yeah. Make the goal unity. That's, mm. whew, we yeah. are all you don't have to agree differently. Yeah. yeah. We see things. So agreeing to disagree, but not walking away with, yeah, I know betters. Yeah. Right, so. Well, that sounds like an irresistible community to me. Um, and so we're going to wrap up that conversation today. And next week, we're going to be talking about the fifth mark. Is it the fifth? Yeah, it the is. fifth mark 
of an irresistible community, and that is passionate marriages and singleness. So we've got two more to go. We've done slowed down spirituality, integrity and leadership, beneath the surface discipleship, healthy community, and then we've got two more to go. So thanks for joining us today on Change Makers, and we will see you next time.